Hi, and welcome to episode 231 of No Crying in Baseball, the Multiple March Madness is this, is this is episode. I'm Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey there. Speaking of March Madnesses, before I forget it, yeah. huge shout out to our patron Saint Ollie because he came up with the idea that next year we should do a QHAR bracket. A quality uh, hair above replacement sure baseball enough. player bracket. Because I recently po- posted on Jorge Alfaro. Man, he's rocking it. So yeah. He would be my pick All of right. the year. But something for us to put on our very carefully planned calendar that we have for every month of the year. Sure. What we will be doing next March. Sure. Absolutely. I like how we plan ahead. Yes. I, I think that really we speak, speaks well to our organizational skills. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, which also leads to my my March Madness brackets, one of which is in tatters, my men's bracket tatters. My women's bracket is kicking ass. You know, ESPN's got a little like fire next to mine. Oh, nice. Because I'm doing so well. But um, yeah, I'm trashed. My my men's bracket is trashed. Do you do this at all? I, I came so close this year. Somebody at work put something out. And so it was like an actual organized thing at my work that I could have participated yeah. in. And then at the last minute, I just thought, I don't have enough time to do any research. But as as you just said, everybody's bracket is trashed, it seems. So I was just saying to Mr. Pottymouth, like, I should just do it just random shit. And maybe I'd do well. Yeah, one of my coworkers, I convinced sort of at the last minute to submit one. And she's like, I follow football. I follow these things. I never follow college basketball. I'm like, just pick. And so hers is completely random. So I bet she's going to win. <laughs> I bet she's going to win. But you know what? I like I like the idea of maybe there'll be like human resources department dominance on, on, on from city staff in the bracket. And that would just make me happy because you think it would be the rec department. I'm trash talking my, my colleagues. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I do that in person, but it's not not really fair to do it that, you know, on the show. All right. That's all right. But I, I like, they have other strengths, I'm sure. I just like that, you know, it's it's unexpected, I think, for like, you know, bracket prowess to come out of right. say you know our department but right. <laughs> now now you've, you've totally inspired me to do it next year because of All course right. the guy who's sponsoring it is one of the big coaches and so yeah you know it would be it would be really nice yeah to... so the other thing that's really march man is crazy as we're going to talk about today for sure is you know once the cba was signed all of the trades all of the free agent signings went crazy so march is pretty mad and rocking for those things too so oh my gosh um, hey, I have a little cross-training thing to tell you about. Okay. Um, and it's related to, to March Madness. Um, so as you know, ESPN is owned by Disney, right? So um, Disney workers, and I think ESPN workers, walked out on Friday in Florida to protest the Don't Say Gay bill in Florida, which is a horrific piece of legislation. Crazy. And at the same time, that, that coincided with the start of the second half of the um, the women's um, South Carolina Howard game. South Carolina was the number one seed, so this was a very highly viewed game. And Courtney Lyle and Carolyn Peck, the two um, women who were the commentators for ESPN, observed two minutes of silence at the beginning of the second half of a number one seed game in the first round, saying wow. there are things bigger than basketball and a threat to any human rights is a threat to all human rights. They did it in solidarity and good for them. Proud to cross train with them. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's pretty damn cool. On today's show, we've got Boyfriends on the Move featuring big bats and homecomings. We've got COVID protocols. Again, remember those and team vaccinations. We've got our pitching squads. All right, we're finished with our boyfriends. Now we're on picking our pitching squads for the Fantasy League. We've got some possibly earth-shattering news about the minor leagues, both judicial and executive, and more police blotter. And, of course, we've got international baseball. Hey, I quickly want to um, shout out Silver Branch. We're drinking Power Boots Double IPA, which is um, women brewed. They do it every March. 
and uh, it benefits the Pink Boots Brew charity, and Woo-hoo. it's very tasty. So happy Women's History Month. For sure. Hey, Boyfriends on the Move. So part of the March Madness is all of these new signings. And we're going to start with probably the splashiest and kind of the most surprising of them. So um, Freddie Freeman uh, went home to the Dodgers. Uh, He uh, signed a six-year, $160 million um, contract. And he basically said once Atlanta moved on, and we'll talk about that in a minute, it was time to go home to Southern California. And... God, I'm going to hate seeing him in a Dodger uniform, just like I hated mm-hmm. seeing Scherzer, and I still hate seeing Trey Turner in one, and it just it hurts. But I don't blame him because he kind of got the raw end of the deal. He was such a such the face of the franchise, and they just kind of cut him loose. But who they brought in was another one of my previous boyfriends, who I adore, who I think is going to be great for the Hammers, and that is Matt Olson. He um he's going home. He grew up around Atlanta. He is five years mm. younger than Freddie Freeman. So oh, wow. he's, you know, he's got more years of value, at least on paper, to the team. Um, he was traded for four players, including Christian Pache, who was another one of my former boyfriends, um, you know, back to the A's. And then as soon as they traded, they immediately gave him an eight-year, $168 million extension. So that means they had the money to keep Freddie Freeman. Right. So they made a decision. It was an active decision to, to cut Freddie loose. It, the, and the, the humanity of it all is what really got me on both of those parts. So Freddie Freeman, his comment about seeing, what was it Anthropolis' interview, the uh, the owner, right, mm-hmm. who um, I guess got teary-eyed, and they asked Freddie if he noticed that he was crying. He's like, yeah, I saw the tears. but like Yeah, it was like, so noted, right? right? It was like, mm, yeah. And then Kristen Apache, like what his comment was, my heart is broken. Like he just was floored by this. And just the, I don't know, to focus on that we are uprooting, uprooting human beings and forcing them and their families to move and totally rethink what they thought they were going to be doing right now for work. That's a huge thing, especially so for a kid like that. My follow-up question for him, though, was he heartbroken because that meant Freddie was leaving? Or was he heartbroken because he was being uprooted? I almost wonder. And he very quickly, well, not very, a few days later posted a picture of himself in his A's uniform saying, hey, I look great in green and gold, which is the right thing to do because you're going to piss off your new fans if you don't, you know, walk that back pretty quickly. So I don't know which clothes, you know, there might be a little translation situation there. I don't know. But um, I almost wonder if part of it was like, oh, this means Freddie Freeman is leaving. And that's what, that's the heartbreaking part. It could be either. Yeah. It could be both. Yeah. And, could, and and like with Freddie Freeman, too, I think both of them, you have to process the initial oh my shock. God. But then you're right. You have to put on the face that like, all right, this is my new team and I'm here 100% because I'm getting paid and I want fans to be behind me. Right? That's right. Yeah. Thank you, Atlanta. And yeah. I'm going to love you, Oakland, for sure. Um, so Jack Peterson, speaking of recent oh hammers um, is also going home he grew up in the bay area he's going to the giants for a year for six million dollars i think he's going to be so much fun on the giants i'm going to love the giants again this year for sure so um matt carpenter is going home to texas he got picked up by the rangers for a minor league deal um with the rangers he'll get two million dollars if he makes the bigs so mm. they're kind of looking at their third base situation there and if he if he gets it you know great he's got some money if he doesn't you know He's still going to play, play some baseball, so we'll see. So um, Oakland has totally rolled up the, the welcome mats. There are no more welcome mats um, with the A's because Matt Chapman was also traded to the Blue Jays for four players, right? Um, people who 
he's the first of the people who aren't going home on my list. Um, <laughs> Nick Castellanos is going to the Phillies, which makes me happy because I got to see him more often. Um, it makes me scared to death because I love right. him and I love his bat. Um, five years, $100 million. They also picked up Schwarber and like all their guys yeah. are big bats. So it's like there's a freaking team of DHs. So remember, DH in the National League this year. So teams are very focused on getting those big bats. Um, the Reds had a freaking fire sale. I don't know how much fun they're going to be to watch this year. I loved them last year. This year, I don't know. Um, both of my previous boyfriends, Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez, were traded to the Mariners for four players. Big news today. We're recording on Sunday. Um, Trevor Story uh, to the Red Sox for six years, $140 million. And all of the like, the general consensus was he wasn't going to get moved until yep. somebody picked up Carlos Correa, which, you know, happened what, yesterday or the day before. And so then Trevor Story was like the next guy up to make that move. So good for the Red Sox. Um, as a Nationals fan, I'm pretty excited to have, if I have to have a DH, I'm really glad it's Boomstick. So Nelson Cruz, 41-year-old oh, yeah. Nelson Cruz, come into the Nationals for a one-year $15 million contract. And um, not a boyfriend, but a patron saint of the show, Sean Doolittle is back. And that makes me just thrilled to death. I'm excited, you know, being here and going to the Nationals a lot with you. I'm excited to see Nelson Cruz there. I think it's super cool that Juan Soto reached out to him. And yeah. I think that that's yeah. a big reason yeah. why he why he ended up there. So I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see Doolittle. And I'm excited again to have a chance to do Baby Shark. So hopefully Para, I, mean, right. I hope he does well. I hope he makes it up. But that's pretty exciting. Not a boyfriend, but sort of on the should be list. So these are guys that we have picked in past years because they're special. There's something about them beyond the field that we like. And so we have our baseball boyfriends and we'll get into the the this week's pitching uh, this week's picks for our pitchers. But some of the guys who I have picked in the past who have been recently re rehomed or traded. Re yeah. <laughs> who have moved to other locations. I didn't get all of them. I definitely didn't do enough homework, but Jorge Soler was actually a big shocker for a lot of people. He was the World Series MVP with Atlanta. He, I had pre-picked him. I picked him as my boyfriend in 2020 when he was with the Royals. He's going to the Marlins on a three-year deal, a very friendly three-year deal, because there's opt-outs on each of the first two years for $36 million. Um, I think, you know, as much as people are speculating why, why is he ending up with the Marlins, he's from Cuba. And Miami is a very Cuba happy kind of town. And I I don't know. I think being happy where you live is part of it. And the sure. Marlins are a great club. And I think Kimang is going to be doing some good stuff. So yay to Jorge Soler. I'm, I'm happy that they got some solar power in Miami. Uh, Chris Bryant, I had picked way back in 2019. He's going to the Rockies. And this is, you know, a wow. lot of people are talking about Huh, so the Rockies are spending a lot of money on a long deal for a third baseman. When did they do that before? You know, with the whole no Nolan Arenado thing. So I I don't know how long Bryant is actually going to stay there or if this is like a some future trade situation, but they are spending $182 million seven years right now, which is the record for Colorado Rockies for spending on a free agent. He is a Boris guy, and they asked Scott Boris if he had any other offers because clearly, you know, he is the guy on the Rockies at this point. And he said, when I go to a wedding, I don't talk about the bridesmaids in, you know, typical not making me fond of Scott Boris kind of kind of you know what? I why why aren't you okay with that? Why I, why would he's a businessman? Why would he talk about other potential deals that they turned down? Uh, I 
I don't like the analogy more than I don't like him talking about other deals. I think that. And, oh, and that, he, no, he didn't I make up that analogy. Always the bridesmaid, but, never the bride. Yeah. No one's going to ever stop saying that. Yeah, I get it. You I really want to just shit on Boris. Yeah. Oh, you do. totally. Of okay. course I do. Of course <laughs> I do. Okay. Yeah. And I'll, yeah, of course the agent's not going to talk about his other things. I just think he could have said it a little more yeah. tactfully. Yeah. So talking about big deals and former boyfriends, I had picked Carlos Correa back when he was a good guy in 2009. Well, actually, or we no, didn't know that he wasn't I didn't a good guy. He wasn't a good guy, right? Back in 2019 <laughs> with the Astros, he's shocked the world by going to the Twins for three years and 105.3 million dollars. And the, of course, the big like scuttlebutt about this whole thing is very connected to the next deal. So let me maybe talk about that one first. So Isaiah Kiner Falefa, who I talked about last week. Just last week. Just last week, because he had been traded from the Rangers to the Twins, who quickly flipped him and threw in Josh Donaldson for boot and traded them to the Yankees in exchange for Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela, who is my Yankees boyfriend. So I've got three boyfriends in this four-person deal. Keener Falefa and, John, and Josh Donaldson and Gio Urshela. So it looks like the Yankees... We're not playing as smart as the Twins is sort of how the read is going on this because what the Twins did in that trade was free up a bunch of money to get Carlos Correa. And the, the talk was that the Yankees were really after Correa and he didn't end up there. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. And now the Yankees not getting Trevor Story also because they, there were like two teams and I can't remember who the other one right. was who were, who were saying that they were the ones who were down to the wire. we don't talk story. about the bridesmaids. Right. But, but a lot of people do. A lot I of know, people spend a lot it. of time on those bridesmaids. Sure. And, um, and the, like the Yankees were one of them and there was not... And I, I don't remember the other, but the Red Sox were not mentioned as a bridesmaid, and then they came out of nowhere. So I, you know, of course I love it when that happens. Oh, I forgot to mention, um, Eugenio Suarez. Have you seen his hair? Lately? I have not. He, hey, while you're telling me about hair, give me your glass oh, because we should have some delicious beer while you we talk about Qhar. Yep. So he at one point shocked the world by sh going shocking blonde. Uh huh. Um, and now he is half and half. He is he is half his head is blonde. Oh, I did and half see that. Dark. Yeah. And it was just sort of like a random interview, and I thought that is a Qhar moment. So I, sure. I hope I put it in the notes. Definitely check a, a, out Eugenio Suarez's hair. Who knows how far that would have taken him in the bracket. So my last boyfriend <laughs> on the move is my boyfriend on the move to the IL. Oh, which is oh this is a pisser. Fernando Tatis Jr. Just, just breaking the hearts of Padres Nation. I am so sorry, Padres fans. This is a young boy who has made a poor decision. Although we can also partially blame the lockout. Let's please blame the, the, the lockout. The issue is he was in a motorcycle accident, but it was in December. And nobody checked in on him because there was a lockout. So now when he showed up for getting checked out for screen training, he, you know, worked a little bit. Things were sore. They looked at him and they noticed it's a fracture and he has to get an operation now. Probably. I don't mm -hmm. think I don't know if that's definite. And it could be a three month recovery. So who knows if they had fixed this in December, if the team had been actually communicating with him maybe we sure. wouldn't have this problem also a fun fact about that when someone said can i ask you about your motorcycle accident i believe he said which one yeah so there's <laughs> another issue there right. that's kind of like you know a little off to the side but not right. you know, not not unimportant oh yeah and he's he does a lot of like you know maybe unsafe activities that he's going to be rethinking now he was very sheepish in his conference i understandably. Hope so. 
All right. So we're we're into uh, back to COVID. Which we're is... back to COVID. Okay. So um, we may not be talking about COVID very much, which would make me really happy because yeah. the last like year and a half, it's oh been COVID, God. COVID, COVID, COVID. I'm tired of it. But the COVID protocols had to be addressed um, after, or was, I, don't, I don't think it was part of the CBA. I think it was after the CBA about how our team is going to handle um, public health this, you know, now with this upcoming season. So they have dropped mandatory testing you know, universal mandatory testing. What they do is they did intake huh. testing for spring training and only symptomatic players are going to be tested on a regular basis, which we know doesn't really catch all the cases because a lot of people are not symptomatic. And the league retains the right to relocate games to neutral sites if there is, a you know, a, a breakthrough, you know, if all of a sudden like one city has an enormous number yeah. of cases or whatever or um or the whole country does, then they can they can bubble. You know, they can pick a neutral site and you know and send like four teams there, or whatever they're going to do. But that 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 remains like their emergency backup situation there. So New York City, this one is fascinating to me. Still has a vaccine yep. mandate for private employers, and you know who are two private employers in the city of New York? The Yankees and the Mets, which means all Yankees and Mets players need to be vaccinated in order to play at Yankee Stadium and City field that doesn't seem to be the case yeah so this has there's already a precedent with with new york basketball which i do not follow but i know that this was an issue with the basketball player so new york has already forced basketball players to abide by this there's been no exceptions made but now aaron judge comes into the equation and what does a yankees ownership do instead of trying to get aaron judge to, vac- to get vaccinated because it's the right thing to do. They're they're lobbying for for law change basically for yeah. exceptions. Yeah. So this is a, so that's like you know just plain wrong. I mean, really, you're focusing it on the wrong place. Don't don't right. lessen protections for everybody in order to let this one guy play. Now, to be clear, unvaccinated Yankees and Mets could play away games without a problem. It's right. not like the team has to, but it. <laughs> But it has to be enforced in New York City. And weirdly, this one surprises me. Unvaccinated players on visiting teams are allowed to play at Yankee Stadium and City Field because really? their employer oh, oh, wow. is not in the city that's fascinating. Of New York. Yeah. So that's kind of fascinating. So um, if teams... Uh, they can call up vaccinated players from the minors if they need to fill out a team to play in New York City, like home games for these two mm-hmm. teams. Or um, Canada has the mandate. So, you know, home games for the Blue Jays are going to require any any visiting team. In this case, visiting teams right. have to be vaxxed. So the league has decided that you can call up vaccinated minor league players to fill out your roster, and that won't count against their options. So it's not like, you know, that's going to count as one of their <laughs> options back and forth, which is – a little weird. Um, that, that seems a little bit weird. But, you know, that with the AL East, again, Yankees, like if we're talking Aaron Judge, you can't play at home. You can't play in Toronto. That's cutting out a bunch yeah. of games. Although, you know, the, with the schedule this year, they have changed it. So right. you're not only playing your very specific conference over and over and over ad nauseum. You're going to play all the other teams, yeah. which spreads that out a little bit. But still, you're still going to be playing, you know, your, you know, your close, your close, you know, conference uh, colleagues uh, quite a bit. The thing that makes me happy and I'm sure makes uh, sports journalists happy is vaccinated media is once again allowed back in the clubhouse. Oh, wow. So that's cool if, you know, they have any any sense of decorum with masking or distancing or whatever, but I don't think they will. But there we go. But it's going to be nice to kind of see a little return to normalcy if 
if it doesn't go bad. Right. <laughs> if right. it doesn't go bad, who knows if it's going to go bad? Which is, the, you know, the whole thing we were talking about last year with player education and them working so hard on it. And still there were six teams last year that didn't meet that 85% threshold, clearly including the Yankees, also including my Red Sox, who I want to just tout for a little bit because instead of taking the Yankees' point of view, so here I go, like, with on my, my little soapbox, instead of, like, trying to lobby for some rule change, the Red Sox are encouraging their players to get vaccinated. And three of the major Red Sox who had not been vaccinated last year have now been vaccinated. And that includes Christian Arroyo, who's... And, and so then the question is, how do you respond to, like, why are you getting vaccinated now and you didn't before? So each one of these three guys took a slightly different tact on that. So Christian Arroyo said that he meant to, but it just so happened he got COVID before he got around to getting his shot. Oops. <laughs> so he didn't get vaccinated, and then he was recovering from COVID, and then he didn't get vaccinated. And here he is. He's getting vaccinated, and he's totally theoretically happy about it. So power to you, Mr. Arroyo. Xander Bogarts, you know, breaking my little heart, Mr. Pretty Eyes, uh, just said I had my reasons in the outbreak. So was very vague about it because basically what what the fuck can you say? I don't know. Who knows what his reasons were? But to give him a little bit of credit now, he says that he plans to encourage his teammates to get vaccinated. I don't know how many are left. I, I'll mention one big one in a minute. But then the third big name is backup catcher Kevin Plowecki, who I don't get. I, and I used to came really close to picking him as my baseball boyfriend. So I'm feeling like, whoo, that I didn't. He said it just sucks. I have to do something that I don't want to do. But he's doing it for the team. But he doesn't want to do it. But then he turns around and says, I'm not anti-vax. So you don't want to get vaccinated, but you're not anti-vax. I don't get him. Well, okay. So I think there are people that aren't against the the vaccines in general, but personally don't want to do it for whatever reason. And it could be a good reason. It could be a terrible reason. They're usually terrible reasons, but that's just me spouting off. So don't, don't <laughs> get on my butt about that. But um, I, I do see a difference between personally being anti-vax and um, being anti-vax okay. generally. I think, I think that's okay. But um, yeah, it is pretty entertaining. I think um, Xander Bogart's reasons may have gone away now with the Trevor Story signing. Oh. I think he may have to... Um, be a little more of a team player in ways other than in the infield Interesting. now. I mean, what are you going to do? Say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't get vaccinated. So, okay, Trevor Story, you take over at shortstop right. when we play the Blue Jays. I don't think that's happening. Right. Absolutely. So the, the, the last thing I want to say about the Red Sox and vaccination is one guy who is not vaccinated is Chris Sale. So... Fuck that. That like, list is long, man. Yeah. He's he has a lot of a lot of strikes against him in my book at this point and he's not ready to start the season, so that sucks too. So it's not for the team. It's not as bad for a pitcher, like so he doesn't pitch when they're at the at Toronto. Like at least right. there, there's You can do that. that math and work that out. But for me, like emotionally, it just kind of sucks. Just yeah. kind of sucks. Yep. We want people to do the right things. Yeah. Do the right things. Right. Especially our baseball boyfriends. So as I had said before, these are the guys that we've been picking all off season. Please go back to past episodes to hear about the other guys we picked because we talked about how cool they are for reasons both on and off the field. And this week we're focusing on pitchers. And because we only have a week, we're doing a squad of pitchers. So we pick a whole team full of pitchers. Now within that team, we're only personally responsible for eight of them. So theoretically, I could have picked Red Sox pitching because I did contemplate it and just left Chris Sale out. 
But then I kind of thought to myself, well, that just, it, I just felt like I was setting myself up to be miserable. So I didn't want to go near there. And then I thought about Milwaukee because, oh my God, Milwaukee pitching. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to leave myself without a closer, which would be Josh Hader for his past horribly homophobic slash racist, like terrible co- comments Check all the, the boxes past. there. Um, and, and I just, because we're making a fantasy team out of these guys, I didn't want to leave myself without a closer. So I went through a lot of different pitching just looking for a sign. <laughs> and I sk- I had to skip the Mets because I just can't deal with rooting for I, Scherzer anywhere else besides the Nats. And I skipped the Yankees because the Yankees. I'm going with the Giants. So hi, Deborah. Uh, am I your new best friend? <laughs> like, I'm going with the Giants. And it's one of the reasons, the, re- the first reason that attracted me is that they had the lowest bullpen ERA last year. With 299. And as a Red Sox fan, the bullpen has, although Red Sox bullpen looks really good this year. But besides that, in the past, it's been like the bullpen has always been sort of like my nemesis. So I'm excited about this Giants bullpen, but also their starting lineup with both old guys and new guys. So Logan Webb is the old guy. He's probably going to be their ace. Hometown dude from Northern California, drafted by the Giants. And then the cool little fun fact about him is the last regular season game of 2021, he pitched. Not only did he pitch seven innings very well, but he got his first career home run. And and that and his last career home run. Ex- well, yeah, exactly, exactly. And not only his last career home run, but it was the last home run of a regular season by a pitcher. Yeah, so he is the trivia answer yes. <laughs> forever. So remember, my friends, Logan Webb is your trivia right. answer. And he's pretty much also the reason why I picked the Giants, because we happened to be just randomly watching the Giants game on Friday, and he was doing really well. And I thought, huh, I've got to look into the Giants. So uh-huh. thank you very much. He pitched two innings, no hits, no runs, one walk, five strikeouts. Also, I really just wanted to say, and I'm probably going to fuck up this pronunciation, and Anthony Disclafani. Disclafani? I think you did it. All right. So that usually not my prefer- my um, my specialty. Can you with picture the, the people who know it for real, just like squishing their little face together and like gritting their teeth when we say things like that? I, yeah, I'm yeah, really I'm sorry. sorry. I, and I know <laughs> I've done like poor in the past on that. But it, what a fun Disclafani. That's just such I a cool name. It. I, it feels right. All right. So he was with the Reds forever. He was with the Giants for the last year for the first time. And it was like his turnaround year. So he's he's coming back, and they signed him on for three more. So it was just a one-year deal. Like, let's see how you're going to do. Because the year before, like many people, didn't have such a good 2020. But did well last year. He uh, then proceeded to pitch a complete game shutout in April of 21. He had a little bit of a rough end with that, you know, un- unhappy Giants end to the season. We won't talk about that. But the coolest thing about him, well, one of the coolest things, his nickname is Disco. Oh, that's pretty so good. So I like that. All right, next up is uh, pitcher Carlos Rodon, who is new guy. (laughs) He's the guy who had a no-hitter last year, and it was the second no-hitter by five days. He could have been the first no-hitter of 21, but Joe Musgrove got one five days before. It was like at that beginning of the season, no-hitter, a little bit of a blast. He is on a two-year deal after seven years with the White Sox, so I'm excited to see how Rodon does with his new team. Also, new guy number two is Alex Cobb. This was another big trade that the Giants got. He has been all over the place, but of course what I love about him is that he is Boston-born. So, And he has actually one of two. I believe I picked the other one, Boston-born pitchers on the Giants. And he has a, um, a dog named Oscar 
who is adorable, who won a poll on MLB.com for the best baseball dog. Oh. And he's the best baseball dog for many reasons, including the fact that he was found as a stray dog. He was walking out of spring training when he was with the Rays. He saw the dog on a busy highway. And Alex did, like, the good thing of, like, follow the dog, make sure the dog's okay, put the dog in your truck, try to find the dog's owner, couldn't find the dog's owner, adopted the dog. Okay. So Yeah, super good guy points absolutely yeah. there. He looks a lot like Benji, but with schnauzer ears. All right. <laughs> Tyler Rogers. Oh, my God. I could watch this guy pitch all day. So I'm excited to see this guy coming out of the bullpen. Uh, so one article I saw said he was the definition of lanky, but this is the best quote. If you pause it at the right moment, this is in his windup, he looks like an octopus. The next, a starfish splayed over a rock. A millisecond later, a game piece to a barrel of monkeys. So his summary. Did you try it? Did I try to do the, yeah. the stop motion? Well, there's a really good um, pitching ninja breakdown that that, nice. okay. that kind of helps you through it. I think that's in the notes. <laughs> Total submarine sidearm, like almost bowling. Um, and as an added plus, when he was with the Twins, he got Outstanding Community Service Award. We so love this. Baseball boyfriend points. All right. The next pitcher that I'm picking out of the Giants lineup is purely for QHAR. Purely for quality. <laughs> Actually, it's Q, uh, uh, QFAR, a quality facial hair above replacement. It's uh, John Brebbia, who I last saw when he was with the Cardinals. And he was a solid relief pitcher with the Cardinals. He had a, a rough year last year with the Giants after um, Tommy John, so we'll see how he does this year. But he was with the Cardinals with the 2018 Tokyo Games, and he was the dude who shaved his beard a little bit every day. So he came to Tokyo with, like, a full beard, and then he, like, <laughs> shaved the sides, and then it got to the point where he had just, like, these two weird growths coming out of his chin. So I just I appreciate the humor, <laughs> and this is the other Boston-born dude, so look at that. <laughs> What, what we provide in Boston. Uh, produce, that's it. Produce in Boston. All right. Last two guys are potential closers. So I wanted to make sure that I had a good closer. Camilo Duval. Oh, my God. Watching this guy pitch. First of all, amazing QR. Great hair. Um, probable new closer. He debuted last year. He's the second Giants pitcher since StatCast to throw over 102. Holy. He was clocked hmm. at 104. His mom's a Good teacher, God. so he gets extra points for that. Jake McGee, another possible closer. Cool thing about Jake, on his wedding anniversary, which happens to be Christmas Eve, he and his wife provide gifts to lo local foster families. And he was on the Dodgers World Series team. So yay Giants pitching. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'm going to have a lot of fun watching the Giants this year for sure. I had a lot of fun watching the Hammers in the World Series, yeah. and I really kind of fell in love with their pitchers. So if you want to go back to um, last October's episodes, there's a little bit more color commentary about some of these guys. So I'm going to try to tell you different things about them than we talked about then. But um, uh, Max Fried is 28, and I believe in when I talked about him before, I said, he's beautiful, and that hasn't changed. He has excellent <laughs> Q-Har, and he's just an empirically lovely yeah. looking human. I remember so, that episode. Right, for sure. Um, but also... Gold Glove as a pitcher in 2020 and 2021. Silver Slugger in 2021, which is the last ever Silver Slugger that will be won by a pitcher because of the stupid DH rule in the National <laughs> League. So I yeah. also have the answer to a trivia question as one All of right. my picks because of the stupid DH. His um, 
first complete game shutout was this past August versus the O's, and he threw a Maddox. And if you remember what a Maddox is, that is a shutout of fewer than 100 pitches. He threw a second wow. Maddox a month later oh in September versus the Padres. And most recently, we saw him pitch this a six-inning shutout versus the Astros in the last game, the winning game of the World Series Bless for the him. Hammers. So yay for him. Yay for him. Um, Ian Anderson, who has suffered many, many Jethro Tull jokes <laughs> at our from, from us. We apologize. He's only 23. So, you know, he's, he's, he's like the kid of the bunch. Um, he was drafted in the first round 2016 for $4 million, which took him away from becoming one of the Vandy boys. We talked about Vanderbilt guys a lot mm-hmm. in the past couple of weeks. Um, he debuted during the COVID-shortened season of 2020 in August, and then he became the second person in World Series history to throw five no-hit innings in one game which is game three versus the Astros the other guy the guy he's behind was Don Larson who threw a perfect game in 1956 so this doesn't happen very much he also has a twin brother named Ben who's in the Astros minor league system Interesting. So Charlie Morton, we've talked about many times before. I think you've profiled him as a as a previous you know part of your yep. pitching squads. But so just last season, um, he had a one year fifteen million dollar contract. That right when the season and this past September, they gave him another year at twenty million dollars. And so last time we saw him was Game One of the World Series when he was hit in the leg by a um, a ball coming off the bat of Yuli Gurriel, and he then like went off, came back, threw sixteen more pitches in the next inning before realizing he had a broken leg. I remember that. I told. Totally remember that. So the relievers on the hammers make me so happy. Do you remember when PETA made their really misguided things? Like, oh, we shouldn't call it the the bullpen because yes. it's insulting to cows, yes. right? Yeah. So the uh. so the relievers on the hammers started calling themselves the night shift. <laughs> Because, you know, the starting pitchers get all the glory and then these guys come on at the end of the game to clean up after them and all of that stuff. So these guys are great. They love each other. They are this like, band of brothers. They really get along. So um, Tyler Matzik is one of them. I talked about during the World Series. Yep. Um, so go back to episode 210. Um, he played indie ball with tech, the Texas Air Hogs in 2018 and then the Diamondbacks briefly in 2019, then back to the Air Hogs in June and then back to Atlanta in August. He had the yips he had a bad time for a while and he's back and he was amazing in the world series and you may also remember that he was the guy that was stopped by uh, by the police officers um in atlanta during the world series parade because he wasn't on the bus and um they didn't really he had a show of credentials that said apparently the front office guys were on the bus behind him saying he's a team member he's a team member and uh, anyway um and then Colin McHugh, who has... I love him. We love him. So he's going back home. He grew up around Atlanta. He is such a big Atlanta fan. And now he gets to play on the team that he grew up loving. He said So he signed a two-year, $10 million contract. He said he grew up idolizing Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin and John Smoltz. I'm the player I am today because of watching them. He said, six-year-old me just freaked out when I got fitted for my, my Atlanta uniform. That's really cool. Also, like a lot of the other players, you know, they all, they, a lot of them, they know each other. So him coming yeah. in, we're talking about what a great human he is, what a fun guy, what a supportive guy. And I almost wonder if that clubhouse aspect of him is important with the loss of Freddie Freeman. Oh, wow. And, you right. know, not that Colin McHugh is the only guy who's going to shoulder that, but Freddie Freeman was a leader in the clubhouse, had been there for so long. And so the more veterans that yeah. can kind of pick up the, you know, keep the unity going in the clubhouse, the better. So... 
Colin McHugh has an occasional podcast called The 12 Six. I love it. I love it too. And I looked, I haven't listened to it recently, and he, he actually interviewed Tyler Matzek yeah, a couple it. of months ago. And I just played it, and it made me really happy. And they said the following words Yips Guru, mm-hmm. Adult Sodas. And the Brotherhood in the bullpen. And I like hearing him talk to other players because they know each other and they have the shared experience. And it's not alienating to the listener, yeah. but it's kind of like letting you in on, you know, on inside baseball stuff. Yeah, that one's a great conversation. It's a great one. So we'll go ahead and link to that. So AJ Minter, um, in game five of the 2020 NLCS, became the first player to ever make his professional debut, his like major league debut in the postseason. <laughs> no pressure. He... He struck out seven batters in three innings, which was also the most ever in a playoff appearance of three innings or less. Not a bad debut. Um, Big news this week, Kenley Jansen left the Dodgers. He'd been the Dodgers for like a thousand years, Um, signed a one-year $16 million contract with the Hammers. And so the question is... Is he the is he the um, the closer or is Will Smith the closer? Because Will Smith's been the closer. I kind of think it's going to be Kenley Jansen. Yeah, I do. One of them's going to be set up. One of them's going to be closer. Um, Will Smith closed Game Six to win the World Series, and he did not give up a run in the entire postseason. Wow. So I'm really excited about these guys. I had so much fun watching them. I mean, they were really fresh on my mind because they're the last pitchers that I really watched that I kind of cared yeah. about. So it was it was fun to like do a little bit more of a a dive into them. Um, next week, this is important for you who are going to follow the our fantasy baseball team. We're going to give you our starting lineups so that we're going to free up some of the boyfriends that we profiled this past you know several weeks the past 15 weeks uh, we've been profiling two guys a week um, because we can't have them all Mm -hmm. so you if you are playing fantasy boyfriend baseball with us you'll be able to choose from our um our guys who we're not picking which doesn't mean they're not fantastic it just means we only have room for a certain number of them it's gonna be hard it's gonna be super hard well even better for you guys is our past year's picks who we couldn't pick this year so there's like whole slews of really good guys for you to pick if you're going to be playing fantasy ball with us and it's not too late contact us we'll be giving you some details in a few minutes but yeah play fantasy ball with us there's so many guys available so So many many. guys and so many stupid rules yep (laughs) all right speaking of stupid guys or stupid Stupid rules rules. or stupid everything this is our police blotter segment woo 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 so (laughs) last last week i'm so yeah i had to wait till i had beer in my mouth thank you (laughs) so good on the sound effects Last week I mentioned, I I can't believe I have to keep talking about this, Trevor Bauer's administrative leave had been extended a week. Well, it's been extended another week. It's going to keep, they're just going to keep doing this until we just forget about what's going on. He's been extended to April 16th, which means it's past the beginning of the season. He's not at spring training, goes through the first week of the season. And just to, like, nail himself a little bit harder or shoot himself in the foot, he tweeted support of Deshaun Watson's contract with the Browns this past week. So Deshaun Watson is the football player who just got a got picked up by the Browns despite 22 charges of sexual misconduct. Yeah, and the Browns are saying, oh, well, we investigated that thoroughly. Right. We did a deep dive into that. I was like, okay, and what did you find? They're like leaving all of that 
open to interpretation. They just want to convince us. Oh, don't worry. We looked hard at this, and he seems very contrite. Yeah. He wants to be a good guy now, so we're going to let him. So I don't know if I can um, wear my Cleveland Browns hoodie out of the house oh, for the near future. It's so sad. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to leave that to you, dear listeners, to look up because he tweeted it, and then the next one, he sort of like walked it back a little bit saying that he, he hasn't really looked into it enough. But but, but, but we are a brotherhood but, of assholes. Right. So exactly. You know. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so that's I just don't want to talk about Trevor Bauer. Anymore. Moving on, so moving on. What else you got in police blotter? Look, look it up. Police blotter is the spring training hat design. Oh no, not for the faint of hair. So oh, the no. spring training hat design this year is lovely, and I guess they were thinking of the heat because the front is covered and the back is mesh. But recently, Jake Berger of the White Sox tweeted a picture of his bald really lovely pattern of sunburn oh, on the back of his no. head because it's a mesh hat and so the bald guys are getting sunburn oh, so no. the moral of this story is i guess bald guys need to put on a lot of sunblock on the top of their head or pre-tan or something but those spring training hats should have come with a warning label. That is a crime. That is a crime. I'm glad you have it in police blotter, mm-hmm. for sure. Hey, also, in police blotter, the minor leagues really had quite the startling decision made by a federal judge this week. Yeah. A federal judge ruled that minor league players are full-time employees, which means their off-season training should count. They are not seasonal employees. Uh, The federal judge said that MLB violated the Arizona minimum wage law and owes triple damages to the people who brought the suit. A district judge in San Francisco said that Major League Baseball is not in compliance with wage statement requirements, comes with penalties of $1.8 million because the um, players should be paid for travel time to road games and to training games because they are, in fact, actual staff and they are at work when they are doing those things. This lawsuit that brought these decisions on was filed eight years ago um, by, at the time, minor league players, all of whom have since retired. But they mm. they claimed viola- violations of the Federal Fair Labor Standards Act and state minimum wage and overtime requirements for a week work week. They estimated at 50 to 60 hours. So this could open a big, honking, expensive can of worms for Major League Baseball, whom I believe is very excited now that they took over um, running of the minor leagues because (laughs) they are now absolutely liable for this. So um, on the legislative side, the same day this this was announced by the federal judges, a California state senator named Josh Becker introduced what's called the Minor League Baseball Players Bill of Rights. Um, And one of the first things it does is it limits a, a first minor league contract to four years instead of seven years, which makes minor league players available to become free agents, even at the minor league level, a lot sooner, again, to negotiate for Mm. salary as opposed to just dealing with the league minimum salary for minor league players, which is not very much. Gives them the opportunity to earn more money sooner. It also would guarantee that players competing in the state, again, he's a state senator, this is a California-based proposal, um, the players competing in the state are subject to California labor laws, including those that apply to wages and work hours. Um, He, uh, so State Senator Josh Becker worked with um, advocates for minor leaguers to get this, um, get this introduced and get this written. So pretty excited to see where this goes. Things are happening in the minor leagues. I am thrilled to see it. Yeah. And just just to note, Patty is wearing her unionize the minor shirt right now. Hell yes. So some serious support there. Yeah. It's about fucking time. It's right. About fucking time. 
All right, my, my one really short international update this week is you can now watch baseball with your breakfast. CPBL, the Taiwanese league, has uh, begun their spring training, and you can watch it on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitch. And if you want to get the Twitch links, just check out cpblstats.com. You can message me for the schedule if you care about which team is playing. And the cool thing about the schedule, although it's all in Chinese, it's really easy to find the Unilions, which is which is my favorite team because <laughs> it says 7-Eleven in, you know, letters that I understand <laughs> whenever the Unilions are playing. So it started already and it's going until March 30th. 6.35 a.m. is the start time. That's so pretty this reasonable. Is, it's gr- except for there's one Saturday. Next Saturday it's 5.05. But on your work day, you're having your morning coffee, you're getting ready for work, why not throw on Twitch and watch a couple innings of live baseball? Shut I up. highly recommend it. And there are cheerleaders. They're very entertaining. And there's a dancing lion and a dancing dancing fish head if you do the uh, the Unilions. Can I break in with a um, NCAA cheerleader story for you? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw this, but in one of the first round games in the men's bracket, a basketball got stuck at the top of the scoreboard. Oh, wow. And the the officials who are not as tall as the players were like standing on chairs trying to poke it with sticks to get it down the players were not allowed to get up there and mess with it because you know what if they get hurt and all that so the cheerleaders came on pushed huh. everybody out of the way and made their little pyramid so like you know wow one of like the female cheerleaders hopped up on the shoulders of one of the guys and just you know grabbed the ball and came down to a standing ovation fantastic yeah it was kind of a nice moment see it's handy to have cheerleaders you never sure. know when you're going to need a cheerleader they were heroes they were freaking heroes all right we are we're moving to hoping day so i think we're going to go back to the hoping day with an h because we are hoping now that this lockout is over that everything is just going to be smooth and that we're coming out of covid and there's going to be no problems mr potty mouth keeps talking to me about variants i don't want to talk about it so in 17, that's one seven, 17 days, seven hours, 36 minutes, and a matter of seconds, we are going to be watching MLB actual baseball happening. Woohoo! I'm very excited about that. Um, if you're killing some time between now and then and want to listen to some past episodes of No Crying in Baseball, we encourage you to do that and leave us a review or rating if you want. If you have friends you think would like to hear us talk about baseball, please do tell them about us. We would love for you to join us on social media. Woohoo! Join us on Twitter, NCIB Podcast, Facebook and Instagram, No Crying in B-Ball. And you can also email at us at ncibpodcast at gmail.com especially if you're interested get it in now interested in playing with us for our fantasy baseball league in addition we are reworking our patreon because we are starting to absorb some of the costs that are involved with our podcast we had a lovely benefactor for quite a while and we are losing a little bit of that financial support so we are going independent and you can help us please go to patreon.com slash no crying and b-ball we're gonna have some new um what do you call those like levels of support where you can get some cool stuff like shout outs and you know give us some ideas if there's cool stuff that you want from us and we'll we'll think about it for our uh, our premium prizes yeah that's it. Excellent. And if you play baseball in the state of New York or the country of Canada, please get your vaccinations and your boosters. Everybody else, I'm sure you're fine. Fight the man. It's the right thing to do. And until next week, say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth.
We are not a subtle people. Your people and my people, not so subtle. <laughs>